0: It's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way.
1: United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams.
0: Hello there, welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughn Bennison. Thanks once again for your company. Last week I received an email reminding me that I hadn't repeated part two of Parik Nocton's interview. You might remember that Parik visited us from Ireland in 2016 and I recorded and played an interview with him in New Horizons at that time. Well, as I said, some nice person reminded me that whilst I had repeated part one of Parik's interview, I had neglected to play part two. I decided to remedy that situation for you this week. How do you feel about the level of discrimination that you face on a daily basis? For example, guide dogs'
1: access to restaurants and other venues and things like that. Guide dogs uh, and access to restaurants and using public transport really isn't an issue. I think, you know, 99% of the time you will find that that people are quite good about that. I think where it is trickier uh, are around, for example, grass areas for dogs to relieve themselves, that type of thing um you know information when you stay in a hotel it about where the nearest green area is most staff haven't a clue they don't even know what you want do you
0: have many complaints against taxi drivers and uh, and venue owners about
1: people with guide dogs? No, um, generally not. But the only issue that arises is if there is a problem, they don't know how to deal with it. Mm. So, you know, I I remember working with the theatre in in Dublin and about two minutes into the show, this guide dog started to howl Oh! and uh, the staff quite literally did not know how to deal with that situation. Now, because we were audio describing that show, I was in the foyer, I started to hear this chatter come over the radio from front of house to the the manager going "Guy dog howling what are we going to do and I just said to the front of house manager ask the patron are they happy to have the dog come out and somebody look after it and they can enjoy the show. Had I not been there, I don't know what the staff would have done. I think they probably would have asked the patron to leave. Is there such a thing as a Disability Discrimination Act? Yeah, well, we have the Equal Status Act, um, of which there are nine grounds of discrimination, of which disability is one. And there would be others like sexual orientation members, travelling community, um, religious uh, grounds, and, and kind of marital status, there's a whole range of them. So, in fact, what I like about our our legislation is that disability is framed within other grounds of discrimination, which I think is healthy. Um, but the problem with that legislation is that since it was introduced, the uh, complaints procedure and the, the legal kind of uh, regulations have been weakened significantly over the years by government. Um, And uh, as a result, it's kind of now harder to use the legislation. Recently, uh, the legislation was moved um, from having its kind of own tribunal into uh, the workplace um, relations tribunal.
0: Recognising the fact that uh, you've only been in Australia for two weeks, and this is your first time in Australia, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Are there any ideas or or thoughts that you have about the differences between the way that people who are blind or vision impaired are treated? Not
1: really. I think what's interesting is I think there are more people in the arts who are blind or visually impaired than would be the case in Ireland. Um, You know, for me to meet Emma Bennison, the CEO of Arts Access Australia, she's the only person who's blind, visually impaired, who I know of, who does a similar job to myself in Ireland. And so we're kind of in two very unique positions. But I've met a number of other people who are blind, visually impaired, who uh, work in various roles in the arts. And that's been really interesting. Um, I think for me, the uh, thing that really struck me when I've been in Australia was I went to uh, visit um, the School of the Air in Alice Springs. And uh, I was quite struck by that personally because I saw while I was there a, a short film that introduced the whole history of the School of the Air And there was a, a narrative running through the film about the importance of educating children in their home communities, you know, across the Northern Territories. And um, I was quite emotional by the end of that uh, film because it it contrasted so much with my own experience of education which was a segregated one which we had no choice in and I was an only child and I went away to school at four and a half and here were these kids going right back to uh, you know the 40s and 50s who were able to experience education and there was an ethos around education which was educating them in their rural isolated communities Uh, and I kind of went I wish I had a bit of that yeah it's an interesting thought isn't it I too went to boarding school for
0: five and a half years when I was five and in a lot of respects I'm really glad I did in other areas I see the uh, the downside to that my relationship with my family was such that things were very difficult when I came to Australia for example and suddenly I had to live with my mother and my father and my brother people who I sort of spent holidays and and weekends with but didn't really know all that well um, as a family and I found that particularly difficult. Is it the custom these days in Ireland to educate children in local schools or do they still go to blind schools?
1: It's a very much more integrated education and education in in their own communities with supports which I think is is so much better. When I was growing up it, it just was the norm for boys and girls from about the age of four or five to go away to boarding school and at that time transport wasn't as good so you were only going home maybe every four to six weeks for weekends and half term and end of term breaks um, whereas now there is um, a braille and audio and large print production unit in Dublin that supplies uh, educational materials to schools where there are blind and visually impaired children and they have visiting teachers who provide additional support and for the majority they can be educated in their home communities the school which i went to which is now called child vision in dublin they provide in-house training for uh, children and families to bring them together so for example they have a preschool that can get blind children involved in play that is suitable to their needs and their level of vision and they can also provide training for parents and even for let's say the children who are being educated in their home communities around the country they can bring them together for mobility training and other type services uh, you know a few times a year uh, to support them so there is this network of support that comes in on top of what's happening locally and I I think that probably is the best of both worlds now I would agree with you as well Vaughan that I got a very good education it probably was the best education I could have got at the time by going to boarding school and I got some great opportunities like I went straight from secondary school into art college I don't know if that would have happened if I'd been educated in my home community because there weren't the supports at the time. Mm. So it, it's a very different world that we live in nearly 40 years later. But I often say to people that I have a more affinity with the geography of the area that I was born in than I do with the people. I suppose as I get older, I feel this void in terms of uh, connection through people that I don't have as a result of not growing up in what would have been my home community. I suppose in some ways it's been easier to have moved to the UK several times and have worked there and now be based in Dublin. And Dublin does feel like home. Um, And I know, you know, in years to come after my parents pass on, there will be very little need or connection with my what would have been my birth community of, of South Roscommon, where I was originally from. It's a strange feeling,
0: that, isn't it? I've yeah. moved several times since I left my hometown, and I went back there about five or six years ago, and it, it was actually really weird for me after, well, let's see, I left uh, my hometown in 1982, yeah. uh, so that was uh, 34 years ago, and uh, I revisited it in uh, 2010, yeah. and I remember for the first time in my in my adult life being able to say... I'm actually in my hometown and that was a really strange feeling. I'm very interested in the comments that you made about educating locally and and having in service sessions for blind and vision impaired children and families. One of the the problems that we have with uh, educating blind and vision impaired children is the fact that education in Australia has always been considered a state concern and uh, I understand that in Ireland you don't have states but you have counties and one of the things is that we don't have a central place if you like in a Australia for education materials and things like that because it's all state-based so for example the education of a child in Victoria would be considerably different from that of a child in Perth for example. Does
1: that happen a lot do you think in Ireland? In some ways we're fortunate in that we you know the the education system that's there now inherited a segregated education infrastructure. So it meant that the buildings and the staff and that infrastructure was all there. And so as more and more of the children and their families decided to have them educated in their home communities, the nature of the services of the boarding schools changed. And so they moved from feeding and housing children and educating them to actually providing the materials to others to educate them. And also, it's the religious institutions, largely, that have been responsible for education in Ireland, uh, subvented by the state, uh, rather than the other way around. It's the um, Rosminian uh, order that have been largely responsible for the education of boys, dating back, I think, to the 1870s. They've been involved in education in Ireland. Well,
0: just before we finish, Parik, professionally, you said that uh, that you work for Arts and Disability Ireland. Do you want
1: to just tell us about that briefly? Yeah, Arts and Disability Ireland is the national resource and development organisation for arts and disability in Ireland. And I suppose we do two things. We work to uh, champion the creativity of artists with disabilities, and we provide inclusive experiences for audiences with disabilities. And if people want to look up what we do and 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 just see some more background uh we have a new website that we launched recently and you'll find that at adiarts.ie. arts.ie nocton thanks very
0: much for joining us thank you parik nocton there from dublin a few weeks ago we talked once again about audio description on australian television it was launched some weeks ago and on the abc and the sbs each they're doing 14 hours a week some people have been having trouble accessing information about what's available audio described and where they can find it what time it's on etc etc. Blind Citizens Australia has now on its telephone system a program guide. If you want to find out what's audio described on the ABC and the SBS you can ring BCA on one 33 and listen to the introductory message and it will tell you how to access the information about audio description. We have been promised by the ABC and the SBS that this will be kept up to date and uh, we'll bring you more information as that comes to hand. If you feel like you need to have more information or a demonstration of this, just give me an email new.horizons at bca.org.au new.horizons at bca.org.au and uh, I'll be Happy to provide that in future programs. As I said earlier, Blind Citizens Australia can be contacted on one 33 660 one 33 360 or email BCA at bca.org.au. BCA. At bca.org.au Don't forget you can donate to Blind Citizens Australia Just contact the office and they'll tell you how Or have a look at the website www.bca.org.au And you'll find out how you can donate And how you can donate to support the work Of the branches of Blind Citizens Australia as well I'm Vaughn Benison It's been a pleasure to have your company today Talk to you again next week We'll achieve the realisation of a dream
1: of our dreams